0: Hey, welcome to Spiritual Side Note. We are at our dining room table with two very special people. Say hello. 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 <laughs> this is Peter and Lindsay Luttrell. They are best friends from college, and they came kind of like last minute, kind of sort yeah. of, to a little <laughs> two-day really. vacationy thing. Well, one night was planned to be yeah, extra days. Just extended. Yes. Thank you for. We're that. included for fun. Um, so we wanted to have them on the podcast because they're amazing for many reasons but specifically tonight we wanted to talk about their ministry with the homeless in the indianapolis
1: <laughs> there's a lot of inside stuff like we've known them for a while so if there's random laughter just ignore it move so on listen to this podcast at two times speed you won't miss much it's okay <laughs> Peter
0: started our time. So before we jump into the conversation about your ministry, um, we wanted them to tell us a bit about their family and specifically uh, give us some Eleanor quotes, if you would. Oh, boy. Maybe start with what do you do first?
1: Right? Or or who <coughs> Eleanor is. That would be <laughs> oh, Yeah,
0: I figured that was coming.
2: <laughs> well, Eleanor. I thought you were going to introduce Roosevelt. that because you just, you literally Eleanor. dove into Eleanor quotes. Is our
1: idol. Oh, man. Is
2: our, oh, yes. We will. Eleanor Roosevelt.
3: All right, go for it, Peter. Go first. Oh, um, jeez. <laughs> uh, my name is Lindsay. I am an elementary school teacher, but when we had our daughter, Eleanor. Three and a half years ago, I went back to finish that school year and just decided that staying home with our daughter was, um, yeah, what the Lord was asking us to do. So since then, I've been doing lots of part-time work. Um, yeah, so I've been nannying and teaching online and most recently working part-time at our church. What do you do, Peter? Quote, to oh, here, I Oh, we're each sharing guess. one. Um, yeah, so the other day... We were sitting on our little front stoop, and we often just sit out there and watch people walking by. And we have an elderly neighbor named Bud who likes to ride his bike around the neighborhood. And uh, we were just sitting there, and it was just quiet, and Eleanor was just watching, and Bud rode his bike by. And she just watched him ride and paused, and as he was passing, said, Off in the distance. Oh, I already forgot it.
2: She said, off in the distance, Bud rides his bike down the street.
3: (laughs) She was just making up her own little story about Bud.
2: Yeah, Eleanor narrates her own life. (laughs) Um, Yeah, my name's Peter, and I'm a jazz musician and teacher. And my Eleanor story was today we were um, spending some time down by a lake, and there was this pontoon boat full of shirtless... (laughs) Boisterous. (laughs) Boisterous. <laughs> yeah. Young men. And Eleanor was wearing these pink sunglasses, and she pulled them up onto her forehead and said, those dudes are bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's my story. When you, when you said what we do, were you saying our jobs, or were you meaning, like, what we do in oh. our ministry?
0: Oh, Good question. I meant what you do for your jobs, and then we would talk about what you do in your ministry. So, well handled.
1: Anything (laughs) else? Yeah, I was going to give a little more backstory. Um, So, Peter and Lindsay at what...
0: I feel like I should never do the intro.
1: Okay, so I will say you didn't set up our guest very well. So, <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. it's okay. It's not a bad thing. We just have different perspectives, and my way's right. So, um, uh, so we you know did, Peter You men.
2: said that we were best friends from college, but we met post college.
1: That's true. Oh, oh,
0: correct. True. I'm already lying, and we're not even five minutes so in.
2: So
1: I was still in college. So true. you were not totally oh, lying. Peter was
0: still in
3: college. I was as still well. in college. Interesting. Because
1: okay. it was when you guys were in the inn. Yeah. Mm. That's true. So, we got married a week apart from each other mm-hmm. and um we didn't ended up moving to a no, didn't know each other ended up moving um into apartments right across the street from one another and the first time I had ever met Peter, <laughs> well technically was in the driveway at the end when we that's invited true. you guys over, mm-hmm. but like the first time we sat and talked with them, they were like 2 hours late to this barbecue thing <laughs> we were having. Not their fault. Lindsay was setting up her classroom. Mm-hmm. They knew they were going to be late, but they show up and everyone else had been gone cuz we weren't that cool to host people at the time. And true. they show up and then Peter sat in our living room, I think using his finger oh, sure to he's totally eat using his apple dip, like caramel apple dip or some sort of apple yeah, yeah. dip in his li- in our living room. Uh, um, yeah, it I just was fantastic. That really yeah, cool. yeah, the please. first
3: time that Peter came to my parents' house while we were dating, <laughs> like the second that he pulled out of the driveway to go back home, my dad turns to me and says, so Lindsay, does the way Peter eat does that bother him? <laughs>
1: Uh, <laughs> aka it bothers Chloe. me <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's the most Here, obvious yeah.
3: statement he's okay. an amazing man but he's yeah. the youngest of three boys and had to like yeah, fight for survival,
2: survival you, know? yeah. so you, that's just you get awesome. apple dip you eat that stuff with your family <laughs> And a stranger's living room. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we also made that so showed
3: up, you guys remember, two hours late with our cheese slices <laughs> yes. that we
0: promised to bring for the barbecue and
3: everyone uh, was gone.
2: Yes. Yeah. I slices
0: about of cheese. But then confused. we sat there for hours and talked yep. and then we've been friends ever since. Yep. Meant to be It
1: was. Yeah. And it was you guys so lived good. in three houses on the same street, right? Two. I mean, well, okay, three so yeah. w- we? the house down on, you're technically switched to Poplar or something, yeah. right? But it was it was, right. yep. we, like, it was on the corner of 39 and we literally carried stuff down
3: the road. Yes. Yep.
0: For three.
3: Yeah. Crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. So
0: fun. Mm.
3: So we've
1: known Peter and Lindsay forever. We don't always, well, at least Peter and I don't. I don't know how often Lindsay and Haley actually text or call each other, but like we don't send crazy um constant. Communication, mm-hmm. but um, they're the type of mm-hmm. friends that whenever we do get together, it is feels like picking up from old yeah. times mm-hmm. a lot of ways in a lot of ways. Yeah, so so um, just with a lot of stories in between and a lot of new things that we get to share with one another. But um, yeah, so that's more the backstory. Thanks.
0: <laughs> I probably should have done all that earlier you
1: You're welcome, Haley.
0: <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> well, what's next?
1: No, I think you can take it from here. You're good at this point. So go ahead.
0: Great. So let's talk so about... So let me jump in here. Right <laughs> <quick>. <laughs> I knew oh, that was
1: coming. I like knew it. Dang <laughs> it, on, it's so predictable. Go for it. Well, that time,
0: I didn't know. Yeah, so. good, I got you. Yeah, you did. I don't even... I, I just feel <laughs> so on It's
1: so, so funny
2: because... Uh, it's so funny know. because Haley starts it out, and Shay just is like, you did that completely wrong. <laughs> let, me,
1: let me do the edge.
2: And then you said, all right, you're good from here on out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then Haley jumps in. She's like, oh, shoot. Now she's I'm all self-conscious. Confident. <laughs> I've never even so, done a podcast before. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so just share with everybody, like, you guys have church service, but it's really unique, the style, the time, the location, mm-hmm. all that. So just walk everyone through, like, your church service. Okay.
2: Yeah, well, before we say anything, I think it's important to state straight off the jump that um, neither Lindsay or I claim to be or think that we are experts in poverty or hmm. compassionate ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not something that we went to school for, that we were um, completely trained in. We've done some things, but it's really just something that we're very passionate about. So
3: Yeah, we're always learning more
2: about Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the ministry that we're um, a part of, and like Shay said, it's really more just like a church service, but it is focused, the demographic is made up of, homeless or um people who are impoverished in the garfield park neighborhood of indianapolis and and yeah it's a it's a thursday night service
3: yeah and it's i mean it's a church service before the church service um people from the neighborhood can come in and just have a air-conditioned or heated um, space just to congregate and chill chill and hang out and have conversation. Um, Mm. And then we serve a meal about 30 minutes after that. And again, we just all eat together as one body of Christ, um, volunteers and the people from the neighborhood. Um, Yeah, and then we go into our service, praise and worship and our service. And then at the end, we have time to pray together and a clothing ministry for people who need it. Yeah. But one thing that we were really impacted by, straight away, is how much it truly is a church service. And um, mm-hmm. the people that are a part of our congregation refer to it as that. They don't see it as a soup kitchen or mm-hmm. just like a side ministry, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, volunteers or
2: congregants aren't aren't right. seeing it as, um, yeah, as like an outreach tool. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is, it's, but it, we're it's... We're
3: just all a part of one congregation, one mm-hmm. body of Christ, and that's been really impactful.
2: Yeah, too. and I think sometimes like when you when you're doing um an outreach it's a lot of times can feel like you're doing something Mm -hmm. you know and then a lot of times that can morph into under your own strength and there can there can be a lot of burnout there can be a lot of those sorts of things but because it's just it really is just a congregation of people it just feels very natural and Mm -hmm. very life-giving um and also not for yourself like a lot of times when you, when you dip your toes into a compassionate ministry, or what people would say is an outreach ministry, a lot of times you come away thinking, wow, I'm so fortunate, or I'm mm-hmm. so blessed, because you're living kind of in a comparison with other people. But with this, because of the way it's set up, it is just a body, and you really come away recognizing your need for God yeah. in the ways that you're similar with the people you go to church with, even though they are homeless and you're yeah, yeah, very well
1: taken care of. Mm. So I think we'll we'll probably get to that here in a little bit with because that's part of the, kind of your first fold you talked about right. <clears throat> um, but um, I did want to say so, Peter, you're currently on the board, but yeah. were you on the board when Garfield Park? Open no. So okay. the ministry is nine years old. Okay. Yeah, and
3: we've been going three years, about yep. almost three. Okay. Years. Yeah, three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay, but you do know a lot of the the history behind it. We were talking about that. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah. just share kind of. Uh, so the the building you're in was an older church, had to close its doors, and they gave the building to your church. Was Trinity? Trinity. Trinity yep. Church. Yep. 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 um So then, how like do you know what the process was
2: of determining how to use that building? Mm. So yeah, so um, our, our lead pastor, Mike Cola this was again before we started going to church yeah. there about nine years ago, asked the staff to just come up with big goals, like just dreams, like what would be a ministry that you want to
3: see a need for?
2: Yeah, see a need for. Mm-hmm. And in Indianapolis in, and in where we're at, the north side, um, up in Fisher's and Carmel and Noblesville area, there was tons of church plants up north. And, and a lot of people had been leaving the city, um, kind of a flight from the urban environment. Mm. And so one of our pastors was like, man, I think we should go into the city and we should start reaching people. That'd be really cool. Mm. And there was a lot of people in our congregation and that really resonated with. And so there was this relationship that started with Bethany Wesleyan down in Garfield park, like you, like you were explaining and, 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 eventually everyone voted and they were like, yeah, that's something we want to be a part of. That's something we want to invest in as a church, as like a laity. And, um, so that was,
3: it started with the homeless ministry on Thursday nights. And then it's, um, I wouldn't say morphed into, cause that's still a ministry by itself. But, um, since then there's been two other ministries that have, um, been added on, I guess you would say in that same building. So mm-hmm. it's been really neat to see how the Lord has used this free gift of a building to yeah. our church. So, Um, The other two are just being in the city specifically in that neighborhood. There's a a really large population of Burmese refugees. So there was just a pretty obvious need for, yeah, a place where they could congregate and worship the Lord. So we hired a part-time Burmese speaking minister. And then... Um, yeah, just in, within the last like month, I think.
2: Yep, starting June second.
3: Yeah, um, we've partnered with a gospel church, African American church in in the city. Yeah, and-
2: God's Grace Community Church. It's uh, yeah, it's in the city, thirtieth yeah. mm-hmm. and Post Road, and um, the the neighborhood that our church is in is super diverse. So, like Lindsay was saying, there's a huge refugee population from Myanmar. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also um, a lot of poor. White folks who kind of have their roots from Appalachia, mm-hmm. kind of like West Virginia. That's
3: primarily our the people that yeah that's that really we the with demographic
2: story. that make up our kind of service. And there's um, obviously a, a large kind of Black American community, mm-hmm. and so that's what the gospel service is reaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, God's grace is using that as like a a tool to reach the neighborhood, but also to train speakers and people mm-hmm. that are passionate about going into um, full-time ministry to kind of
1: wow. stretch
2: their legs and cut their teeth and in, uh, in that environment. Hmm. So, yeah, wow. that's awesome. That's
0: cool.
1: Mm. Any questions come to your mind, Haley? For him? No, keep going. You're doing, no, I just don't want you to actually take what I said earlier to heart. No. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah so one of the things I was wondering is um, you guys did a podcast mm-hmm. um, and one of the um, I guess reasons for the podcast for lack mm-hmm. of terms was to share these things that you had learned mm-hmm. um, and these three correlations mm-hmm. or three things um, in particular so just walk us through those those three episodes and mm-hmm. and what you guys learned from Garfield Park
2: yeah one thing I think that's interesting um, and I think it's impactful for people that go to a church to hear is how we actually even got involved in the ministry in the first Mm -hmm. place yeah so lindsay you should talk about how
3: yeah so when we went through the membership classes at trinity wesleyan our church and yeah decided to to become members went through the classes at the end of it um our pastor's wife leslie kola part of her role is just talking to everyone and trying to help them decipher like what are your strengths um what are your passions where may you best be able to serve you Mm -hmm. know within this body and so, I just kind of default mode went to children's ministry because I'm an elementary school teacher and I love kids. And I know that's my strength in, in a lot of ways. And um, it's easy for me to love them well. And
2: so, yeah, you're trained in it. I'm
3: trained in it. Yeah, I just feel very equipped to love them well, right? Um, so, I just assumed that that would be where I would serve. And I actually that was starting the process, like starting the background check and all of that. And, and then Leslie emailed me like in the midst of that process and just said, there's a need at Garfield Park. We actually need someone to be like an upfront, like a welcome desk kind of person just to like mm-hmm. be there when people walk in and know them by name and give them a name tag. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> that's like super simple and super intimidating for me because yeah. it was just way outside of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I just, I didn't feel it's not what you were signing up for. to love yeah. that mm-hmm. demographic of people. Well, I was just immediately like really anxious and nervous about it. Also, the drive. Let's just be honest. <laughs> the drive downtown from the north side is like it's stressful, and mm-hmm. especially
2: this, yeah, that side of the city. Is and the time of day. It's intense. a long
3: commute. It's it's a stressful drive. Um, Peter at that time was working on Thursday nights teaching music lessons, and so it would it would mean just me taking our daughter Eleanor by myself. Um, yeah, so there were just a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of reasons, honestly, for me to say no. And to shut it down pretty quickly. And so it was, it was interesting. So I remember responding back to Leslie in my typical fashion, this like paragraphs and paragraphs long email. She was like basically telling her all my thoughts and why I'm wrestling with this. And her response was literally like, peace, girl, peace. Like you, you just like take this to the Lord. And yeah, and then get back to me kind of thing. What were you going to say?
2: Did you write her that email after you served? No. Okay, okay. So Lindsay came home from her first week of serving. So I decided to try Yeah, she decided to go for it. It was like in late February, I think. And um, it was about three years ago, and she was just telling me about it. And um, I was like, well, shoot, I'll change my schedule. and like, let's just start going. And honestly, from that time on, we've gone pretty much every week for Mm -hmm. three years. And so I wanted to share that because, like, If you're involved in a church, like a lot of times we think that service is something that you're called to mm. or something that you have to feel excited about or you have to feel um, like, oh, this is my gifting or this is my. And like, yeah, that's true. But honestly, like a lot of times it can look like responding to a need in your body, like yeah. in yeah. the body. And you have to remember that, like hmm. you're in a community and you're in a church And that's what Christ has called you to. And so a lot of times it's like, man, just step into something. If there's a need, step into it. Like, Mm -hmm. and then from that, work in your gifting, operate in your gifting. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: So that's, that was cool for us. He will
3: definitely empower you where he calls you, right? He wouldn't ask you to go somewhere where he's
2: not going to go with you and Mm -hmm.
3: go before you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think a lot of times we want it to be the right fit. Like Lindsay was saying, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I've (laughs) got nine years of teaching experience. And yeah, kids is my thing. But then there was a need, and now it's become kind of like our vocation.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would say it's still not, quote, easy. I mean, I still struggle with, um, yeah, just like this inner battle in my mind of like, am I saying things the right way? Am yeah. I yep. I never want to offend them, right? I want to be able to just so easily relate to them. And the reality is it's, it is easier than you would think because we're so much more alike than we are different, mm-hmm. and the Lord just continues to show me that. Um, the more, yeah. the more relationships mm. that we're able to form there. But there's so much grace, too. Like, I just want to say that. <laughs> so, like, mm. grace from the Lord, but also, like, the people that we, quote, serve, like, have so much grace for us mm. when we really mess up. <laughs> like,
0: yeah.
3: one quick example of that is around the holiday time. I remember it was around Christmas time and we were there and, like, one of my first questions to one of our friends there was, like, what are you doing for the holidays? Like, just these mm. questions that you would ask, you know, Off like, small talk. And they're like, nothing like my life Mm. I'm like you know they're in that person specifically was just in survival mode and Christmas day was not gonna look any different for them you know so I just of of course immediately felt like Mm. so crushed by that and yet they were just like oh you you know you didn't mean anything by it no worries like they were so so filled with grace for me and it's just a reminder of God's grace every time Mm. we're there yeah
2: so yeah so Anyways. yeah, sorry for that rabbit yeah, hole. Really but no, was, um, um, you, you it was had good. you had mentioned the three kind of movements yeah. and shifts. So like, um yeah, so one thing that Pastor Kathy Pastor Kathy Howie is our lead there. She's the one that's in charge of that site. She's amazing. Yeah. And um Yeah, and so Lindsay and I serve on the leadership team, which is honestly it sounds it's not It's not prestigious or anything, honestly. It's just the (laughs) same people that serve there. We're just all on a team together, and we Mm -hmm. meet consistently um, to just talk about ideas. And anyways, part of being on that, though, you have to meet with Pastor Kathy. You get to meet with her once a month and just have kind of like a personal growth thing. And so she challenged me like, hey, man, let's find a way to share some stories Mm -hmm. of what's going on downtown because, um, you know, people in the church could be encouraged by it. And um Yeah, it might, you know, encourage people's spiritualities. So Lindsay and I were praying about it and thinking about it. And in thinking about it, like I really noticed in our own lives, Lindsay and mine, and then in some volunteers, um, three kind of shifts that God had done in our hearts. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I can kind of like run through them. Yeah, real quick. yeah, And then we can kind of unpack each of them, I guess. And yeah. Tell I would almost say,
1: yeah, just do like a mini version of your podcast okay. for each episode.
2: Like. Yeah. So, so, um, I said this a little bit in like the open of what we were just talking about, but like a lot of times when you're like on a short term missions trip or something, I remember when I was in eighth grade, we went to New York city and, uh, the youth sponsor after one of our nights was just like, the big takeaway of the day was, aren't we so fortunate where mm. we are? And when you go back home, remember how blessed you are. And even as like an eighth grader, like that doesn't feel finished to me.
3: Mm. That like, in itself is not wrong. It's a beautiful thing to recognize. But
2: gratitude is very important. Oh, it's so mm. important.
3: But We're realizing if that's where you stay, you're missing. If it,
2: if it ends, if that's mm. where your spiritual life takes you, then we have more room to grow. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, mm. And so in those things, uh, I. I, the first shift, the first movement was from self-sufficiency to poverty, so that, that God was taking us and members of our team and, uh, and members from the congregation. Um, he was working in all of us in a really cool way and taking us from this idea and this value that our culture puts on being a self-made, strong individual mm. and shifting us from that. To a place of poverty, which is like recognizing Mm -hmm. your need for God. Mm -hmm. So, not a financial status. Yeah. I don't want Mm -hmm. that to be what people are, oh, you just poor now? Or no, it's Mm -hmm. like, it's, um, yeah, just a shift in that way. The second movement is from hostility to hospitality. Mm -hmm. So, um, God shifted us from viewing our, like, our neighbors and our friends to viewing them as that, as Mm -hmm. opposed to viewing them as, people that we have to defend ourselves or our things from, and creating an environment that cultivates God's truth as opposed to defending our things or our possessions or our lives from a stranger. And then the third movement was from silence to influence. So operating from a place of poverty, from a place of humility, opened us up to be more hospitable to people. And then ultimately that makes us want to share those things Mm. and be more vocal for the Lord. Yeah. So those are the three movements.
3: Trying to think of like specific stories for each of those or what would be the best way to unpack
2: them. Yeah. Well, I think kind of maybe this is something you guys have talked about on other episodes, but um, Bonhoeffer talks about when Christ calls a person, he bids them to come and die Mm-hmm. Which is big. Yeah, <laughs> yes. You actually, I I listened to the last episode you guys did, where you're talking about um, carrying your cross and 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 crucifying aspects of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really the first shift, the self sufficiency to poverty thing, mm-hmm. is that is realizing how vital it is, the poverty of our hearts is towards God. Because when you're impoverished, whether it's anxiety or it's depression or it's sickness or whatever that looks like for you, the only response is God's grace. Yeah. Mm. So it's important to make that move.
3: Yeah. And I think, um, for us, like on a personal note, uh, COVID obviously, right. has affected people in some really tough ways. And, um, like Peter lost almost all of his income during COVID. And then we had a baby during COVID and I was on maternity leave from both of my part-time jobs, not paid maternity leaves, um, yeah. So we were in like a really a tough financial spot, more so than we ever have been in our marriage. And um, we realized quickly that we needed God in a tangible way that we hadn't needed mm-hmm. him before. Mm-hmm. And that just created this huge shift in our hearts and minds. And by the mm-hmm. grace of God, um, we have been able to grow so much closer to one another and to him through that season. And but I think that this idea of like self sufficiency to poverty, like we, we noticed our, our monetary like possession, not possession, monetary poverty, I guess, in mm-hmm. that season, right? Sure. But it was so much greater than that. Like the word mm-hmm. revealed to us, in many ways, our need for him, not just financially, but. Um, yeah. Man, yeah. So anyway, mm, so like that's good. Also, in the same season, <clears throat> we started a garden. <laughs> And it's like, yeah. you know, there are just so many spiritual parallels with mm. having a garden.
2: My brother is, um, my brother says lots of things that are very, uh, one, <laughs> extreme. Well, yeah. One of my brother's <laughs> quotes is he hates, he hates anything to do with eyes. And he was like, I would rather go to war than get pink eye.
3: Just very extreme. And so my brother
2: says, he's like, he gardens and he's really great at it. And <laughs> yeah. Super creative, talented person. But he's like, man, I just think it should be a prerequisite for Christians to have Mm. a plant, like (laughs) a garden and like, and like, like, like kind of cultivate something Mm. that's living. Like, it's such a profound metaphor, like, Mm. like you were about to get into.
3: Yeah, I feel like I should preface before I get into the garden thing, like the, the thought of, um, that I've been learning.
2: Yeah, well, real quick, before you go there, I think, I think, I think (laughs) just, no, no, no. I think the self-sufficiency to poverty thing, it's so funny because it's like all these roads in spiritual lives lead yeah. back to the two the, the, the greatest commandments, yeah. you know. Mm, it's really this so idea that's like, okay, I've got to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then turn to my neighbor yeah. and yeah. love them. And Henry Nouwen says that like you can't your neighbor doesn't become your neighbor until you first love the father. Mm. And and your, your neighbor will only be seen as an infringement upon your life until you love God first. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of this idea of the garden and then of what you were going to say. But I just wanted to say, like, mm-hmm. it's really the greatest commandment. We all know this. We heard it when we were in first grade.
1: Yeah, But there's absolutely. just these deep
2: ways that we keep getting back to the same tree of life.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so I think <clears throat> the first commandment, right? Loving the Lord our God with all our, our heart, soul, and mind. I think... I've been sitting, wrestling with this thought. Um, It first came to me like through this book that I was reading during the Lent season. Mm -hmm. The book is called This Present Paradise by Claire Dwyer. And in that book, she focuses on the the writings of St. Elizabeth of the Trinity. And yeah, so St. Elizabeth had this thought of what if one of our greatest vocations in life while we're on earth is to let ourselves be loved by God? And I, when I read that at first, I was just really impacted by that. Because for me, and I think for a lot of people... The
2: Wesley, and then you flared up like, Ooh, I must do more.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like that works mentality, right? And just the idea... Like it's so much easier for me to offer love and grace. Mm-hmm. Or to... to yeah. To believe that for other people. But Trying to believe that for myself and accept that from God is... To receive it. You know? rec- yeah, receive it is, is really difficult for me. And how can I fully love him... And out of that love, others. If I can't try to accept his love for me, so yeah. Like there was this analogy that Peter and I were talking about one day with our garden, and realizing like how long it was taking some of our plants to grow,
2: to produce fruit, to produce
3: yeah. fruit, and we were just like, wow, they just have, they literally have to like sit mm-hmm. and receive sunlight and water and all the nutrients from the soil, right? And all they literally are just receiving and soaking it in before they can even grow or bear fruit. Mm. And it was just this, like, reminder to me of, like, just sit with God and, like, let him love you and accept it and believe it, right? Like, just just constant. Mm. um,
2: What's the uncommonly, that line? Uh,
3: You are loved uncommonly. You are, yeah. Or you are uncommonly loved. Yeah, like his love for you. Mm. Um, And that's just really changed. It's changed a lot for me. And I just think that it's allowed me, yeah, to love God more, and in that love others yeah. well, because I'm I'm just learning more and more of His love for me. That yeah. seems really abstract, but <laughs> no, I, no, it's good. It's it's
2: uh, yeah, it's awesome because that's what we're called to kind of operate out of, mm-hmm. you know. And and uh, like like uh, even Jesus says in Luke seven forty seven, we were just reading this, but um, yeah. he's talking about the woman who blesses him at dinner with the with the jar and he, he says because she's been, been forgiven so much she can mm. love so much and mm. it's kind yeah, of that whoever idea has
3: been whoever has been forgiven little
2: will love little yeah mm. loves, little. loves little and so it's this idea of like man we can only offer what we receive yeah. and um mm. that's important how are you guys doing? I feel like we've just been <laughs> for, so no. <sighs> Honestly, this, this is so good. No, this is really good. This is really good. Um, yeah, I think I think another aspect of the self sufficiency to poverty thing is, um, uh, when, you know, just looking at scripture and the amount of times that Jesus comes to people who are marginalized mm-hmm. and outcasts and um, like shoot, like you know, Mark ten. Um, we we all have little kids and they can't do anything for themselves. They have, they have, they have no self-sufficiency. You know? they, they need us so greatly for everything. And he looks at kids and he says, let them come to me. Their, theirs is the kingdom. You know, you look at uh, and, and, and Luke where he talks about the widow. Shay, you and I were talking about this yesterday, the widow of Nain. And um, he, he goes to her and he, he, he raises her son to life. It's her son had just died. But, like, if you look at who she is, she's a widow. Mm. So that means she's a woman, which in that culture was like the lowest. Mm. But then she lost her husband, yeah. which would marginalize her even more so. And then her last hope in life was her son,
0: mm.
3: who
2: dies. And she's completely broken. Like, she is nothing. Like, no hope. She's not, yeah, she's nothing. <clears throat> And so Christ looks at her and he raises her son to life. But, but Henry Nouwen talks about this as well, that like the, the true miracle of that isn't that her son comes back to life because he's going to die. Hmm. He goes on to die sometime <laughs> in his lifespan. But the true miracle is that God made himself a human, came down, and he looks at this woman in her brokenness and moves to bring life in that situation. Hmm. He looks at someone who's in poverty, complete poverty, broken, marginalized, outcast, and he moves to bring life in that situation. Mm. And that's true for us. And I think when you surround yourself by people that are in that place, people who um, I was listening to a sermon by Tim Mackey, and he was talking about the Beatitudes and those nine blessings mm. are, are like nine pieces of a stained glass window that make up one person. Mm. and ultimately that person is personified in christ Mm. Uh, christ was that perfect blessed person Mm. but when you surround yourself and invest yourself in community and in the lives of people and you love people that are marginalized and broken um yeah man it really it really opens you up in a profound way to receive the love of god but then also to share the love of god
3: and full circle to see your own poverty, right?
2: And then back to that again. <laughs> and then and back we, to that.
3: We've talked a lot about just one more thought, really quick. We've talked about the prodigal son and how mm-hmm. it's a story that, you know, most of us know, and just how profound and incredible it is that when his son came back, he literally didn't come back for this, like, holy, noble reason. Mm. He came back yeah. just because his life would be better.
2: And, like, yeah. he, yeah. Could, he yep. could
3: live and survive. Yep. It animal. wasn't, it wasn't any... It was no holy holy <laughs> thing,
2: man. He just wanted a better life. And his life.
3: father was just could not have been more overjoyed, right, to accept mm. him with open arms. And that's exactly what the Lord does to us as we realize our need for him.
2: Yeah, and, yeah. and so each week, like, we talked about, like, when you're... Because it's a church service and because these people are legit, legitimately our friends. Yeah. Um, you know, they're people that we have opened our home up to and, like, we love them. Um, you know, when you get to kind of mimic the aspect of God and you kind of get to, you get to serve them and you get to love them from your own poverty and from your own place of humility, it's so energizing. Like, we mm-hmm. never leave feeling burnt out like i mean sure i'm gonna be exhausted because it's the end of a work week and everything it's a late night but like
3: when we yeah going a lot of times we're like oh we're just really tired we just would rather stay home tonight if we're being honest you know Mm. like that kind of then as soon as we go it's like every time the lord yeah the lord is there and the Mm. holy spirit moves and we're so grateful that we have those opportunities so yeah yeah
1: All right, everyone. Well, that was the end of part one. I hope you enjoyed getting to know Peter and Lindsay a little bit through our podcast and hearing what they're involved in doing down at their church service in Garfield Park. Um, And then hearing kind of the rapid fire three movements that um, Peter outlined. Um, as well as them expounding on the first movement. So come back next week to check out part two, where they will break down the second and third movement in more detail, as well as some other things uh, with the ministry and with their family and what they're doing down in Indianapolis. So I hope this inspired you, encouraged you, um, and be sure to come check out part two next week. Later, everybody.